Welcome to the show, everyone. We have a very special guest today. He is the founder and head coach of Snake Pit USA, one of the world's largest cash wrestling associations, and he's a master of multiple styles. Welcome to the show, Joel Bain. Hello, sir. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you so much. Oh, man, I really appreciate you taking time to be on the show. I've been a big fan of your work for a long time, and man, we have a lot to talk about, with, especially all things catch. <laughs> As always. I, I tend to get pigeonholed there a little bit, but that's okay. I don't mind one bit. Yeah, you're like, hey, I'm not a one-trick pony. I got all these other things too, man. Right. Uh, what you do, what you do. But I do want to, just starting off, we'll kind of go into how you got into just martial arts in general. But what led you to, I mean, you're like one of the main faces and names to be bringing Catch Cam back in kind of like the forefront of combat sports. What made you want to do that? Honestly, you know, I started, uh, I was in the military for 20 years. I was stationed in Wyoming. And uh, in 1997, um early fall a buddy of mine had this great idea to do we, we i would do any workout out there you know there's a workout to be done you know i'm 18 years old i'm gonna go do it and this guy comes up to me i was working with and he goes hey man there's just down at, down at colorado state university they're they have a gymnasium where they're doing this kickboxing stuff and they're gonna beat the crap out of us it's gonna be awesome and i'm like let's go so and they did <laughs> they beat the crap out of us and yeah. i was in pretty great shape you know i was trying out my goal was to go play college football and do all this stuff so I'm doing plyometrics i'm working out heavy doing powerlifting stuff and all that and strength training distancing actually winning powerlifting meets i went down there just got the, the tar beat out of me you know and on one side of the room was you know which i found was out to be was actually muay thai it wasn't he didn't know nobody, nobody it was just kickboxing right he was going kickboxing it was muay thai <laughs> uh the guy was actually from thailand uh his son was our nephew i'm sorry his nephew nico was there on some exchange thing for colorado state university it was actually supposed to be only students but they let us slide with our military ids on first oh, race and they were really cool so we kind of snuck in but on the other side of the gymnasium there was a guy named jason martinez he was a purple belt and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he had he had mat space of maybe uh, not a whole heck of a lot, brother. Maybe fifty feet by fifty feet, you know. And he he kind of kept sneaking over to me. He's like, you know, you move you move really fast for a big guy. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I do a lot of plyometrics, you know, explosive stuff, you know. And he goes, and he, real nice guy, real nice guy. I was like, I, I look down there, I'm like, is that that uh, that UFC one stuff down there, right? You know, the guy like, is yeah. like a, spider, a spider monkey attached to you, climbing all over you and stuff. He's like, yeah, 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 kind of, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, you know, Jason got me, he, uh, he, he didn't steal me away completely, but he got me down to that side. And eventually, um, even though I continued with Muay Thai and a little bit of Dutch kickboxing and boxing, um, that was the beginning of my passion for grappling. It really was. He started that. And he was also the first one. He gave me my first VHS copy of Pancrase. Oh, you know, wow. and it was it was all in Japanese. Um, yeah, VHS. Some some people listening aren't going to know that anymore. It's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah, it's isn't that crazy. Uh, but I, that's, yeah. that's yeah. So yeah, I had my first VHS. I had one, and then uh, I remember bringing it back to me. He got another one. I kept watching him, you know, and I got hooked. And I was like, you know, I really like the the aggressive nature of this. And uh, it was really, I thought it was really intriguing how not only they were, had to get a submission, but they, if they, there was rope breaks. You had to get the guy, you had to submit the guy in the middle. Oh, yeah. You had to submit him in the middle of the ring. Yeah. You couldn't just submit him. And all the submissions were legal. Um, it was really neat. You know, the open hand thing, whatever. It is what it is. But, uh, I mean, right. Boss Rudin was knocking guys out with it. So you can't knock it too much, right? Right. But that was the first thing. Honestly, I didn't even know. I mean, I just, I looked at it as, you know, or pancreas or shoe fighting at that time. You know, Ken Shamrock was calling it, you know, submission fighting at the time. You know, um, the internet wasn't huge in 97. So it wasn't. Yeah. 
<laughs> it wasn't we, we could jump on youtube and find all this information like now there certainly wasn't instagram and facebook I, th I think myspace was the first thing that came out a few years after that right that sounds about right that sounds about right most people don't even know what that is anymore either so yeah <laughs> yeah i almost went back to it i don't know if it exists <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, uh, you know it's it's uh, it's hard to get sucked into the social media stuff, you know, but you, oh, dude. If you, if, you, if you, you want to, to, yeah, you have to, if you want to keep the business going and you really want to reach out and help people and, and get good stuff out there to keep something going, if, especially I've been really blessed to have coaches that sometimes even just fell on my lap and it's, it's, it's almost eerie how it happens sometimes. And to not sure that I almost feel like a, like a, like an asshole, you know, excuse my language. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Yeah. And my, that was, my wife gets said that to me once. Not, she didn't call me an asshole. Well, not that day. But uh, <laughs> she, she's like, she's like, if you don't, if you don't share this, it's kind of like you're cheating them. You know, you, oh, you know, some of these guys, a lot of them passed away. Um, well, some of them passed mm -hmm. away. And uh, my wrestling coach, one of them, my two-time Olympic wrestling coach, Floyd Winter, you know, he has Parkinson's now. He can't teach anymore. So uh, there'll be stuff guys like you know, on jujitsu stuff, Higan Machado and stuff like that. But um, right. And so, yeah, that was the beginning of catch out in, uh, out in Colorado when I started watching Pancrase, but I didn't really understand it as catch just yet, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. And that makes sense too, because there is a, a pay it forward. It's kind of intrinsic with it. Like, you know, it's a shame someone gets to a black belt level or, you know, mastered level in anything and, you know, kind of view it like, Hey, I'm a student, I'm a patron, but if you don't reciprocate that and pay it forward, that's how things kind of dwindle out and, you know, die out. So it's amazing that you do that. And not to mention, everybody can you know, see on your website, like you have this multiple angled pedigree, if you will, or lineage, just catch wrestling alone, let alone Muay Thai. And like you said, Hegan with jujitsu, which I love Hegan. Everything's my brother with him. My brother. Everything. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. The first time I talked to him, I just got off. I just talked to, you know, Eric Paulson was, who I was under with for, for many years. Yes. And uh, I had left the jiu-jitsu organization I was with. I was not happy. Uh, a lot of politics and just nonsense mm -hmm. drama. You know how it can be sometimes. Every, every every art, unfortunately, gets this little cult, including catch wrestling, including judo and, and, and mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu. They get and it drag and people look at it and they start hating on the art. And it's not the art. It's just yeah. some people just, you know, all it takes is one group of people doing stupid stuff. So anyways, I kind of wanted to get away from the negativity and the drama. And I, I called up, uh, you know, Coach Paulson and talked to him for a little bit. You know, we, we, we messaged each other back and forth once in a while. And I always try to support him on Catch Wrestling Magazine. You know, we run mm -hmm. that page. And uh, he was like, because he had just started his combat submission Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I know he was a sixth degree under Hegan, but he goes... You know, he kind of along the lines of, you know, you. he's like, Joel, you were already with me for so long. He goes, what do you think about Hegan? And I said, Machado? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I said, uh, I, I didn't know. I wasn't sure, you know, because I'm always, I'm really, not to sound airy, I'm picky. You know, uh, it's it, it has to be rough. You know what I mean? I don't want some soft, okay. you know, don't tell me that uh, what my white belts can't do certain submissions. Don't tell me that, you know, there's not going to be butt scooting, guard pulling nonsense. I'm not doing right. that. I'm not playing that stuff. And if, if people want to do that, I'm not knocking you. You know, it's just, I'm not going to. Um, but wait, like you just said, my jujitsu brother. So he goes, well, let me call you. Let me, let me call you back in a minute. Right. Let me, let me send you a message. So I get a call and I just got a new phone. I didn't have Eric's number anymore. Uh, I, I, it was on messenger, I think. So I get the call and it says California. I'm thinking Eric's got my, he's still got my, he's got my number still. He's calling me. I pick it up and, it, and this guy and I get this voice. Obviously, we know the Portuguese accent. He goes, "Am I catch wrestling, brother?" And I'm like, yeah, he goes, "I just got pigeonholed again, man." I was like, uh, "Who the heck is this?" He goes, "Is he?" And I'm like, "Machado." Yes. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, 
I was like, how you doing, coach? <laughs> so, but I tell you what, you know, Eric knew best. He knew exactly who was the perfect person to match me up with, with that, you know, everything I do with pressure and positive control that I've always believed in to, you know, take people out of their game. And it's worked so well for our teams and our affiliates around the world um, using those, those concepts and principles. So that was huge. Yeah, Hegan's awesome. I, I can't I have nothing negative to say about him. There's no drama. There's no yeah, you know, you think maybe, maybe he's going to be all Hollywooded up, right? He's yeah. not. He is not like that at all. He is not. He is just super down to earth, funny as heck, um, just a wonderful personality, and I, I couldn't be happier being under him. I really couldn't. It's great. That's absolutely amazing. And another in his own. We had Eric Paulson on the show. Man, talk about a wealth of knowledge. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, every little thing. Oh, you just do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> And it's, he'll always keep going. If, he, if his, once his wheels start going, he'll go through ten different arts. Yeah, in five minutes, and you're like your head is just spinning. You know, yeah. and I'm I'm a pretty good visual learner. If you if I see somebody do something, you know, three times, I can I can I can drill it. You know, yeah, <laughs> and then eventually teach it. Maybe a few days, but he would go through so much stuff so fast. Where I'm like, I, had that. <laughs> I always I always and I loved I liked it though I liked it and, I, and I'm not knocking it. I, I'd be there with a notepad because that's right. the only way that's the only way I could keep up. You know, because yeah. he, he he wasn't trying to rush it. His, his mind would just be going. Yeah. You know, it just zone into it. He was just like, you know, the the the, the horse blinders on. He's in his mode and he's just going to be, you know, in this mixed martial arts zone. And you got to just try and keep up, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Well, so let's go into like starting up Snake Pick USA MMA Academy. You know, your path to starting that kind of spearheading that whole front. It, you know, it's not just the cash wrestling course that's a big theme here, especially you obviously have a great BJJ fanatics, uh, brutal cash wrestling, leg riding, and hammer locks. Which, you know, if jujitsu sums up to uh, the gentle art, I think catch wrestling is somewhere along the opposite. I mean, it is, it <laughs> in is. many ways, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of teach BJJ the same way, but uh, it's pretty rough. But <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's just the concepts, you know what I mean? Like the concepts from catch just kind of carry over for me personally, but yeah, it's it's it, I always it's hard to. Cause I'm even honest with my students that are, you know, cause I, I run the, our headquarters, you know, yeah. in, in South Jersey and we have, you know, 30, 30 locations around the world, but you know, we have that one place and I, I tell the guys, you know, we have the big USA catch camps and they have every season and, I, and I, I try to be honest, but it's, it's almost like a bad sales pitch. Cause you tell them, you know, do do the technique, do it right. It's, it's going to hurt and it's going to, it's going to callous your body for combat. But at the same time, guess what? Your mileage is going to start, you know, loading up pretty quick you know you may oh, be dude. you may be 30 or 40 but your body's gonna start feeling like 50 <laughs> and 60 a lot faster and you know and and therein lies the break where you can maybe back off sometimes and do a little more jujitsu on the side <laughs> 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 so you, so just to keep everything going longer you know what i mean oh yeah yeah or as a, one of our students uh, army vet has an expression he likes to use like well i guess it's milkshakes for dinner tonight all right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, They're a feeding tube. <laughs> you know, so we have a lot of people that listen from multiple styles. The popular thing, if you will, as far as competitions go in the States, let alone Europe and all that, is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competition. So you see a lot of wrestlers, catch wrestlers, judo. Can you real briefly, for those listening that may not know, what is the big maybe you know rule set, I suppose, difference between like a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competition and like a catch wrestling competition? So we put on a, you know, my old business partner years ago uh, was John Patenza. We worked together when I was still active duty. It was impossible for me to do this alone back then. Oh. Um, and actually, it was a female uh, uh, fitness instructor or fitness coach that actually kind of gave me the idea to do it, believe it or not. Oh, it yeah. Sounds crazy, right? It, it, yeah. 
so neither one of us actually even started it came up with it then i kind of started to ask Josh, hey you want to do this with me and he goes yeah i'd love to and uh you know eventually when i you know he, he kind of wanted to do things a little different you know how it is with a partnership and he went out and did his old school grappling thing but um we when we do the competitions we we did the first ones in new york city in 93 years in 2013 and we tried to use the old rules and unfortunately today's you know youth and even even guys even people closer to you know my i'm almost 44 you know even guys in their 30s the, the attention span's not there for the old rule set it's okay. not you know you got these endless you know matches okay two out of three best of best of three you know pin or submission and that's that's neat for the sport i i'm not i think the sport's fun to watch but it had to be modified uh so when we re we did it a few more times like that, we did it at the Olymp Olympia out in uh, in um, Las Vegas. We went to the Arnold Classic. We did the MMA World Expo a couple more times, and then we did a I did a big show by myself. But I, I tried to bring in everybody else to you know to support the one we did in 2018, which was you know really huge. You know that's I think it's like the most viewed catch wrestling matches in history. Obviously because of media. I mean I'm sure if, if George Hackett Smith had fought Frank Gotch on youtube it would have crushed it you know what i mean but oh, yeah yeah we have media now so it, yeah those matches are the most viewed catch wrestling matches but the rules still weren't right so what i did was uh i had heard stories and rumors about billy robinson and carl gotch talking about a rule set where you oh. would start each round with five points okay and let's let's say you and i are just grappling right and we're, we're going by this rule set where if you kind of kind of bring in a little bit of Greco type idea too, where if you throw me or take me down and my feet go above my head, I lose a point. Got okay. It. If, if awesome. I, if I'm worn for passivity, okay. Uh, guard pulling would be a passivity. You know, you can do it, but because the points only going to matter if there's a draw, you see what I'm saying? Right. So you could absolutely pull guarding, totally get away with this. I mean, if you're if you got a great guard game and that's your way of doing it, nobody's going to sit there and knock you because we always welcomed everybody to come and have fun. It was always just about having fun and trying something different. Mm. So passivity guard pulling, uh, you know, not so much stalling, uh, but it's getting pushed out of bounds even on the wrestling mat twice, mm. you know, um, you would lose a one point every round you would start again with five points. So what that did was it made sure the matches didn't go over five over 15 minutes. Okay. You know? So it really yeah. made it also, you know, that we still kept the pin intact, but it was the, you know, the wave off one, two, three, you know, you know, collegiate folk style, not the freestyle where the shoulders kind of hit for a second and it's over. Um, so that that's a really big difference, but it's, it's funny, Tom, you'd laugh. I, I get some of the, the, the funniest messages and emails where people actually ask me if I run around gyms and do three counts, like during class, <laughs> like nobody does that. I don't know. No, I don't understand that. People really believe that catch wrestling is really like people are doing three count pins. I don't get that. It's not 1902. It's not 1902. Nobody, if yeah. you're doing that, I have no, unless you're, no, if you're preparing for a catch wrestling tournament, hundred percent. Right. I mean, just like, right. it'd be like if me preparing for a specific rule set for any jujitsu tournament, right. I have to look at the rules. I have to learn how to play by that game. If I want to win or if I want my team to win, um, but yeah, it's absurd when, when I'm teaching catch our catch, we, we use the pen to control and you yeah. know, for, for neck cranks to separate the head from the shoulder for shoulder locks is to separate the shoulder from the neck, from the head. It, it creates more pain and pressure. I don't give a crap about a three count pin. I couldn't care no. less. Um, but yeah, so the rule set, that's obviously the biggest difference to keep it this without me rambling too much about it. That's the oh, yeah. difference, you know, um,
our guys all, all compete, you know, the, our affiliations won 22 grappling world titles as far as, you know, our team titles, I'm sorry, affiliate team titles, you know, all wow. around the world, you know, from Australia, Columbia, but it's been, we've been around for a little bit though, since 2011. So it's not like a brand new thing. I think we've had over 115 affiliates come and go for different reasons. You know, Jim's going out of business. Um, COVID was huge. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes it's always something like it. Okay. If I'm under Hegan and I'm not holding up the standards and doing things, you know, he's, he's going to come down and say, Hey, Hey Joel, you know, you either get on board or you, you got to move on. And sometimes you have to be that guy and you don't want to be that guy, but to keep the standards high, that's the only way to do it. Um, yeah. but I love the schools that we have now. We have 30 great academies and, they, and they're constantly competing. We have tournaments coming up in Australia with Jason Hode. He's uh, he works under one fighting championship. He's out there in awesome. australia yep he's doing a big show and a big catch tournament in the middle of the event that he's doing at beast championships um and uh, that's 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 all i have really going on as far as that and i kind of just let him run with it because i know he can do it he's a great guy other than that i i kind of i kind of got a little burned out on putting on the shows we were doing it because nobody else was doing it you know we weren't right. designed to do it we were meant to give people the opportunity that couldn't get to catch wrestling technique uh not some online nonsense credentials you know because that's garbage yeah. but uh, at least okay even if you're going to test with us for skill levels you have to come do it in person unless you're in like uh colombia or south america or europe or something God. like that but even then you 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 i want I, I need to i want to see on your media pages you're training somewhere you can't just yeah. be grappling yeah. your brother in the barn no you know, or <laughs> you know what I mean? or having backyard death matches on the trampoline it, yeah. it's not the same. <laughs> it doesn't work like that so yeah, we, we always, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been good. Everybody competes, and we're at every single competition, pretty much every one of them. You know, um, you know, our female world champion right now is Jasmine Rocha. You know, um, she Amazing. won the last one. The the heavyweight champion that we did last was Travis View, who's had over 100 pro fights in it, killing a lot in the UFC. Um, he won that one for us on Fight TV, and uh, it was a big show and a lot of great athletes that came out to that, and they were wonderful to work with. We still actually work with Jasmine. She's she's. She's amazing. I think she's the next big female star wow. coming up. I really do. I think she is. She's stellar. She is amazing. Amazing. I and, and yeah, I was going to ask you that too because uh, it does seem finally, and I'm sure for you, you're like, yeah, finally. You know, it feels like Catch Can is starting to gain some ground, man. Like in the limelight. Why do you think that is? Is it athletes? Is it you know? There's Karate Kid. Nobody in the movie did karate or was a karate background, but so we need like a catch as catch can kid or something. But uh, right. <laughs> why do you think it's finally starting to gain some foothold in the limelight? You know, I, I think coach Eric Paulson said it best. And he said it a long time ago. And I also heard him say it on a podcast that I had, I had done the same or with the same people. I think it was the old rollers podcast. And he had done one recently soon after. And I had heard him say the same thing years ago, many years ago, probably around 2010. And he had said, uh, one day there's going to become an oversaturation of jujitsu black belts. Where are they going to go? Where are you going to go? And what's new is actually old and everybody's coming up with this stuff and they're so close to the technique and God bless them for trying. They're finding these things. And, and when you understand concepts, you're going to find a lot of stuff that your coach never taught you. And nobody alive invented a damn thing. I'm telling you right now. That's the most, I, I love when people say they invented something. No, it's like saying I made up a new way to, you know, make babies outside of a lab. Nobody, I didn't invent up a new position. You know, it's, yeah. it's complete nonsense. It's stuff we've been doing two things since the beginning of time. You didn't invent, you may have rediscovered something. You can absolutely rediscover something, but thinking that you invented something is just utter nonsense. And people call it this. I think it's really neat when people come up with stuff. And I, I try to just look the other way sometimes, but 
I warn my students, make sure you got your BS boots on when you're, when you're walking around. Because it's, it's really hard, especially with no gi, because people want to post the videos. They want attention. They want followers and all that stuff like that. And I get it, especially with the youngsters. But if you're not, you got to do this stuff for at least a decade or longer to be oh, yeah. putting up stuff, man. You don't know what the heck you're doing. If you don't understand concepts, principles, and priorities, and, and, and if you're not really teaching the way you were taught, then you're not helping anybody. You know, right. um, so it, and I'm not trying to get off, off base. So yell at me if I get too far off topic. No, here. you're good, man. This is all good. I think it's really important. And, and what, what's well, the way I teach one, what's kept our curriculum so strong. And I think one of the reasons we've been so successful, at least at our academies, and we don't do no BJJ. I don't I don't even believe it exists, to be honest. I just call it no pin catch wrestling, because if yeah. catch wrestling means catches catch can by any means available, why couldn't I do a half guard? Why couldn't I do whatever I want? Right. It's freestyle. I mean, I wouldn't use the term necessarily. I don't. I wouldn't teach a half guard and catch wrestling class. It's not relevant because it's not something I would do. And I don't shrimp. We bridge. You know, there's 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 low. I mean, I can go through thirty different bridge scenarios and escapes from off the back mirror position. But when I teach, I'm teaching the way it was taught to me, not the way I think it works good for me. I don't ever teach anything how I personally, even if I like it or dislike it, I teach it exactly how it was taught to me. So it doesn't get watered down. And then it's up to the student. And this is actually Billy Robinson that would say this. And he, he was, I wouldn't consider him my strongest lineage, but he was probably the most important. Hmm. He was definitely the one that was like, Joel, you're, you're, you're going in the right direction. You have all this stuff and you have a lot of this technique already, but you're, you're saying the things out loud, but you're not quite getting to what you're saying. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Like he would get things down to that one inch. And all my students know about the one inch concept. It takes more than an inch to get somebody to tap. You're not breaking anything. You know, you want to strangle the submission itself, take out all the con all the space, every centimeter, every air, all the slack, everything, um, and stuff like that. So I always make sure, even even you know, from Floyd, two time Olympic coach, and, and John Saylor, Olympic judo coach, you have to teach the way they taught, exactly how they taught it, and make sure the students know. Okay, once you've learned that technique that way, you and you don't go share it how it worked for you. Once you you go make it work for yourself now after you figure it out, right? I seriously yes. Now you now that you know it and you know the old original way of doing it, you go make it work for you. But when some you know buddy comes along after you and says, "Hey, can you can you show me this move?" You don't you don't show them how it worked for you. You show them how you were taught. Because yeah. if you don't, you just lost the technique. You, you literally just you know it, wow. it, you killed it. It's gone. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. It's like the whole like, you know, the little kid game, the telephone game where like they say something and you got to pass it to that kid. And then they, by the end, it's always different than when yeah. you started. And exactly. You got you to have yeah. some sort of standard, right? You, some that's sort funny. Of standard. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a perfect example, actually. Yeah. So sorry I got off topic a little bit there. No, that was um, perfect. It's I important think it's, to be that's, said. That's the most important thing with catch wrestling when you talk about the technique coming back. Um, and it's you don't want to like I don't like commenting on people's stuff a lot because you know what I'm not some know it all I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have I've got several you know, multiple lineages on several some multiple lineages. I, you could, but you could keep on going further if you really wanted to play the name game. Right. I could put five together, but does it, it gets start getting annoying because you don't do that with jujitsu. No. Whoever you're under is your lineage. You know you right. don't. So in catch wrestling, it's like okay, it's a little different. Because why? Because the, the lineages are so you might have only a certain amount of time with somebody because of age, you know, or, you know, or different or location. It's not just a falling out of a affiliation like it might be with jujitsu, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, you're hunting coaches because there's so few. So uh -huh. I think that's, that's what really creates separate, you get these separate lineages. I mean, even, even Gene LaBelle had Carl Gotch, Luthies and Ed Strangler Lewis. 
So, right. Great point. I mean, that's, that's three different lineages right there that he has. I mean, you can throw them all together, but they all had coaches too. So yeah. then you have, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So if I sat down like that, I have, it comes to like five, but I only write down three normally because it starts getting a little bit like braggadocious and stupid. You know, it right. sounds really lame. And I've always believed Snake PUSA, the, the, the machine that it is, uh, the, 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 the team that it is, it's not the Joel Bain show. It's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be the representative coaches. It's supposed to be all the schools, the athletes, to go out there and carry that banner and not be anti-martial arts to any other art whatsoever. I can't stand it when people do this crap in any other art. And like, even I don't care if it's oh, yeah. karate. I, yeah, yeah, every I think every martial arts had its time in history for sure. Even the, even the pens and catch wrestling at some time did have its time. Um, I think honestly, in my humble, in my honest opinion, the sport is. It is what it is. The art, the art itself, however, is alive more than ever. The techniques you watch ADCC, you watch everything the guys are doing. Yeah, it is catches. It's a catch wrestling no pin tournament, straight up. Yeah. It really is. It's not even. It's not. It's not a jujitsu tournament, and that's not a knock on jujitsu. It's not. I love BJJ. I've been doing BJJ longer than catch over twenty five years. Love it with all my heart. I really do. I love. I love all things grappling. You know, um, but when we're talking specifically about catch. Uh, Man, it's old. <laughs> you know, it's really yeah. old. And the jiu-jitsu guys are gonna say, "Well, jujitsu is really old too." And they, I'm sure they matched up somewhere. That they probably didn't match up anywhere. Nobody matched up anywhere until the late 1400s when what? The, 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 yeah. the, the, you got to look when Queen Elizabeth finally launched the biggest navy ever, and what came back? Catch wrestling. Yeah. So they didn't go to Japan. They didn't make it to Japan until until the uh, 1900s. So and that's when the you know if you watch the movie like The Last Samurai, you know some of it's obviously yeah. a movie and a lot of it's fictional. But some of it, you know, as far as them wanting to bring in that westernized culture, it didn't hap even happen until the late 1800s, early 1900s. So, yeah, like way later. But at the same time, yeah, there's only so many ways to break stuff, right? Yes, <laughs> that's, that's right. You know, uh, it's very interesting. I love the cross-training on it, especially on the same vein of this. Like, I'm sure there's so many, but what are some of the biggest misconceptions people have with catch can? Oh, my gosh. We're going to a list forever on this. Loaded okay. question. <laughs> I'll, I'll go off on the. I'll tell you what. I'll go with this. Uh, I'll base this on the most questions I get with uh, whether it's fans or students from schools or even my own students that email me or mess. And I try to get back to everybody. The first question is usually, um, I'm only 125 pounds. Can I do catch wrestling? Yeah. And <laughs> I'm yeah. like, uh, there's Olympic Olympian wrestlers that or like a hundred pounds, 115 pounds. Yeah. What are you talking about? What it has nothing to any art that exists that's functional and works. Does it, okay. Which has been the second point. Everybody thinks it's strength-based or athleticism-based. What a complete load of nonsense. You know, there's actually an affiliate, there's an association, you know, with, where, that had Billy Robinson with scientific wrestling, right? Oh yeah. But, but the term scientific wrestling existed in the 1800s. I mean, even I think Farmer Burns or Trent Gotch, one of their books was called scientific wrestling. Because it was based on what? It's simple, simple geometry and physics. That's all it is. And, it, and every grappling art is. Every grappling art is. But not as to the point where you need to go start taking math classes yeah. you know, or physics classes. But only as it pertains to how your coach is instructing the information gotcha. um, is the most important part. So we look at the weight classes. Everybody thinks that it takes strength. Or they assume that you're literally doing pins in classes. And the only way catch wrestling exists is with a three-count pin. What a idiotic thought i don't understand that how could we possibly use it in modern combat sports like that yeah. it would be dead yeah. you can't it's yeah. it's it's not 1900 man it's a hundred it's it's it, that, that part that part had its time in it and it is cool to do a show once in a while like that right 
because it can be entertaining. It can be really entertaining. It's fun to try something different, but I'm not big into trying to bring back the sport. I I think the art is the most important thing because the art is something that can always be complimented. There's, there's no purists left. Anybody who says, I let people always say, well, where's all the catch wrestlers in the UFC? I'm like, are you joking? Um, because all the first weight class guys were catch wrestlers from the lion's den. Uh, oh yeah. Pat Miletic, Pat Miletic packed was the other one. And guess who the other one was Jens Pulver. Jens Pulver was with the 2000 lion's den team and also portraying to AMC Pancration under Matt Hume. And then he went oh, to yeah. Pat Miletic. So you have all catch wrestlers. that were all the first champions. Greg yeah. Jackson, look at his program. He teaches catch wrestling. Yeah. Greg yeah. Nelson. Who has Brock Lesnar? He's got Rose. Uh, I can't say her last name. Kevin Nunez, yes. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. I, yeah. I, I, you can tell how much I keep up with the modern stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he, I mean, he trained, he works with Eric with CSW. So and then you have Eric Paulson and all his guys. And the list goes on and on and on. And people just look for athletes. They they're waiting for somebody to come out wearing a catch wrestling t-shirt. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> work like that. And nobody's gonna out bragging if they're doing and plus I'm I'm a, I'm a hybrid, I'm not a purist. I'm not a purist. Right, I yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? My guys, none of my guys are purists. I always tell them before they go into a match, I say, wrestle first and then be yourself. I love wrestle that. first and then that. be yourself because wrestling concepts, because even jujitsu is a form of wrestling. Judo is a form of wrestling. I'm not saying go do catch. I'm saying wrestle first, focus on your wrestling concepts first. And then if you want to use your jujitsu, use your jujitsu. If you're in the gi, use your judo. If you're, if, even if you're in the gi, use your catch, use whatever you need to do to be your own fighter. Yeah. You know, one of our coaches, uh, Sean Doc, always had respect for the guy. You know, you have, you have falling outs with people all the time for different reasons. We were together for over a decade, you know, and on both ends, we just had disagreements, you know. Um, but you got to give him a lot of credit. That man is probably the best leg locker alive. No joke. And that's awesome. no dis- that's no disrespect to Eric Paulson because he's obviously that would be – I just he's just so unbelievably creative. He's, oh, uh, man, yeah. It's phenomenal. And I was fortunate enough to have him for like a decade as wow. a coach. And he, he was the first, he was a part of the first line, the Lions Den team. You know, he, he replaced Ken Shamrock in UFC too. So we right. had that going for us. Um, so back to anyways, going back to the misconceptions, uh, people also think, oh, catch wrestling is just neck cranks and leg locks. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> you just think that because it's illegal in every division except for expert and advanced. Yeah. You know, it's and, and if I'm teaching catch wrestling to I don't care if it's your first day, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> we could be doing calf crushes and, and rolling knee bars or, or heel hooks or inverted heel hooks. I'm not in this outside inside nonsense. It's all outside. So it's, it's ridiculous. Either inverted or regular heel hook. And I don't care if it's your first day or your second day. It's the same thing as an arm bar toy. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's, yeah. It's a submission is a submission, which is a submission is a submission. And people say, well, don't teach kids leg blocks. Uh, I beg to differ. I'll tell you why. Kids' legs are freakishly flexible. It's actually better to teach them when they're young than to teach a 40-year-old because their neck, their ankles snap twice as fast. I have kids that they can't even – their legs twist around their heads, and they don't even – they don't feel anything on leg locks. And you're, you're obviously doing – I mean, now it's important to obviously have a good coach-to-student ratio, though. You know, a lot Right, of, no supervision yeah. and coaching on it. Absolutely. And you go to these fight factories, you know, where there's 300 students – brother, I, I, and then if people want to do it, you know, God bless them, with, and I hope they have a good time with it, but – if you're in a gym and you're going to see your coach during the entire class, I'd say run because yeah. the coach, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not getting what the coach needs to give you. And uh, so another normal thing, misconception would be um, people don't think it works. I don't, I hear that sometimes, which is hmm. ridiculous because even Gene LaBelle would say every submission at some time was a pro wrestling hold. You know, he actually said that on right. Joe Rogan's show, you know, and it, is that a hundred percent true? Um, 
the submissions were obviously happening in Japan and places in China as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not, but were they exactly the same way? I mean, it, I don't teach. You know, I get a little dorked out on detail technique. Mm. So even when I teach, if you, if you look at the way people will typically refer to a, a kimura, or you know, a reverse udigarami, whatever you want to call it, I don't care, a gaiuku or whatever. Um, a lot of times you'll see the guy, they'll put the bicep behind the tricep, the short arm, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Billy and the guys would always say, well, you have a long arm and a short arm. And the biggest difference that you'll see between a double wrist lock, a true old school double wrist lock, and 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 you might slip up on it, and, and you might do the Kimura the same way, but if it's either way, if it's taught right, it should break the wrist, it should blow out the elbow, and then take the shoulder. Yeah, the if whole kinetic right. chain on it. Yeah. Right. Think, think about Sakuraba with the Gracies. He didn't blow their shoulders out. Their elbows were popping. Yeah. Didn't yeah. go. Because Great if point. you look at where his arm is, his arm is over the shoulder, not behind the tricep. So what it does is it forces the wrist further into the armpit. So there's no way to muscle out. It's completely locked in. You don't run it up their back or do anything silly like that. You run it straight up into the armpit and then slightly back almost in a hammer lock direction. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. that's a big that's a so there's technical misconceptions there too. And and I even say, I I don't care what you call it. If it has more than two yeah. names or more, you know it works. Yeah, right. You know, it, it, it works. I don't care. I, the whole name thing, people complaining about names. It's Sometimes it's somewhat justified. Sometimes like, come on, man, who cares? Who yeah. cares? But I do yeah. believe, I, I honestly believe after training, you know, judo for over 20 years and not sport judo, it, fortunately I had John Saylor who trained with Alan Coaz. You know, Alan Coaz, oh, wow. Bad News Brown, was spent 14 years with Antonio Inoki. You know, learning catch wrestling in Japan. Um, most people don't know that about bad news. That's probably one of the reasons Andre the Giant didn't want to fight him. Plus, he was a bronze medalist in the Judo Olympics in 1976, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, a, a legit bad dude. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, even John Saylor would teach it like that, where he'd go behind the shoulder. Um, but I'd see a lot of Judo practitioners where they would kind of go a little further down behind the tricep. Is wow. it, It's, it's not a bad submission by any means, but it's going to do what? It's going to primarily attack the shoulder. And it's not going to impact the, you're not going to get a wrist lock. You're not going to get the elbow to blow out. It's still a great submission, right? Yeah. But yeah. there is most definitely a difference if you really get, you know, dorked out on the technique, you yeah. know? So that's another misconception. Um, <laughs> this Ashigurami thing drives me absolutely insane. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> get me started on this. So we're taking catch wrestling techniques using Japanese names, and then calling it BJJ now. So we, we literally laundered the technique. To make sure we don't know where the heck it came from, just to confuse people for DVD sales, that cracks me up. Um, and 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 the idea of controlling an ankle instead of a ball joint is complete nonsense. And oh, the, yeah. yeah, so if you learn catch wrestling from people that were like Billy or somebody like that, or like an Eric, or back from obviously the Lions and guys came from Carl Gotch. Um, the idea is to control the hip, the ball joint. Once you've locked down the ball joint, you, which your thighs are responsible for doing, then you can break everything below. And the leg should always be an L unless it's an E-bar. The further the L, yeah. the further the bend, the further the break. Um, you know, I see this a lot. And I also see people hooking the – they'll hook the heel up in their – up by their forearm, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like it, – it, it's putting – if you've ever done anything with rifle ranges, I, you know, I've been to sharpshooter schools, a lot of marksman mm -hmm. schools are in the military. Sorry, during the military, my military career. And you learn that – when you're firing a weapon, you put things, you know, soft goes or hard goes on soft, so it's locked in. So if you're doing a heel hook, you want to put on that that hard part, that little that little nook behind your thumb pad. Yeah. You know, on the wrist, and that's hard. And the Achilles is soft. So it locks it in completely. If you do that and just pull a little bit back like you do in a Heisman pose, 
and stay away from a gable grip because you just turned your cutting bone off, which is your best weapon. Right, right. And now you got somebody rowing 20 feet. And you're like, why is this guy rowing? But you got these great athletes, and that's that's great. They're great athletes. They're hitting the technique. But what does every young grappler do? They follow the great athlete instead of the technique. Great point. You know, they great follow point. the athlete. And, you know, and there's so many great athletes. And I'm not taking anything away from them. But you got white belts in the UFC. You have to do. You, yeah. and that it's, you know, you know, I'm right. There's, yeah. And that they're great athletes. They're great fighters. I'm not I'm not saying they're not. Um, but where's the technique in that? You know what I'm saying? Well, it also trickles down because even the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world, I mean, I started 2004 in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and 10 years straight, didn't learn one leg lock, yeah. didn't learn one takedown. Yeah. I, learned, I learned how to sprawl, but it was more just from turtle or whatnot, defending that. And when I opened my own school in 2014, I was like, uh, I started coaching more. And it's a different lens to look through. And I looked at not just my guys, but other guys, all levels. I'm like, man, like nobody really has, it's like a haphazard takedown at best, or maybe something from high school wrestling. There was no knowledge. Yeah. You're trying to get what you can get. Right. And even that trickled down from the heel hooks and Ashigramis and all this stuff trickled down. Cause all the past, like what, eight years, you yeah. had the Dan Herdes squad and all these guys are yeah. just yeah. annihilating people with leg locking. Cause no one was training and they had a great system. Yeah. It, it's, it's, and I'm not going to knock them. Obviously, they're great athletes, and they've been great competitors, and the proof is mm -hmm. they can't argue with results. Yeah. Um, the reality is none of those guys were actually trained by him. They all, they're all here in Jersey. They came up under Almeida and Tom oh, DeBlas yeah. and Gordon, and then, and then Gary Tonnen trained, I think, Gordon Ryan for a while. You know, they're all – I mean, I'm not taking anything away from those athletes. They're, they're all studs. They're killers. <laughs> I, I do know the rumors when Dan here took over in New York that about 100 students went down to Marcelo Garcia's school. That's all I heard. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, <laughs> that's all. I'm not going to say anything else negative about it. But this whole thing, uh, you know, the thing is when you use when you look at the leg locks, the, you heard the 50-50 leg locks, obviously, mm -hmm. right? If you're going to the source of leg locks and the furthest one you can really trace back is going to go to catch wrestling. For sure. If the term heel hook, a hook, signifies a catch wrestling submission. When I learned to toe hold, it was called a toe hook. Because you can snap it fast enough, and if you do it right and run the heel outside the, the hip, you'll blow the knee out as well, um, the same way a heel hook would work. So anytime you hear the term hook, you know you're not talking about anything but catch wrestling. It's a hooking term. means you can hook the submission fast enough and break it before somebody can tap. The ain't the, the old term of a hooker, you know, not, yeah. the, not the prostitute. But the, yeah. <laughs> the you can see why they changed the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see how that, that, that we lost that one real fast over time, right? Uh, gosh. <laughs> Stinking Thailand. Um, uh, <laughs> so. Hanging out. With, hey, don't worry. I'm going to go hang out with a bunch of hookers tonight. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, just crazy guys at the gym, honey. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, honey. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> but it's, you know, what we talk about 50 that's another misconception with catch wrestling. When you really go back into the thing and we jump at this 50 50 leg lock situation, it, 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 think about wrestling concepts again. I don't want to be in a neutral tie up at all. I want to have my tie up or no tie up whatsoever. I should always be in, a, in my position, or my students. I shouldn't. It's not, I already have my time. It's not even about me anymore. My students should always be in a position to be successful. If I'm putting them in a position where it's a quick draw or a neutral tie-up and getting them accustomed, everything is muscle memory, whether mm -hmm. it's good or bad. And if they're drilling something wrong 500 times, it's going to take a thousand times drilling it right to fix it now. You know, and that's actually an old Japanese saying from judo. Um, that comes that his old John Saylor used to say that he said that you know his his coach uh, Uniska who was a legend in, in judo an Olympic coach and everything um, and uh, he used to say the same thing if you drill it wrong a hundred times it's going to take twice as many times to fix it now you know so in catch wrestling the first thing the first thing I ever learned about leg locks was hide your feet at all times 
<laughs> Nobody's allowed to see your feet. So if I'm teaching my guys 50, 50, I'm not teaching them catch wrestling. Therefore I'm not teaching them proper leg locks. Does that make sense? Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. And I'm yeah. speaking that from a catch wrestling perspective. Right. And, and if, if people are doing that, I mean, go for it if it's working for you. But if you really want a catch wrestling perspective, you're, it's not right. It's yeah. just, it's any, any old, Billy Robinson would, would beat you with a cane. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you can't, you have to hide your feet. You can't, it's like me sticking my arm out for arm bars and have an arm bar race. What are we doing? Right. Right. What are we doing? I don't, I don't get it. I don't want to be in a collar and elbow tie all day. I don't want to be in an right. over under all day. I don't want, I want to get my underhook. I want to get my, my front headlock. I want to get, you know, my Russian tie. I want to, you know, get to the arm drag. I'm not going to sit there and just play collar and elbow all day or collar and, you know, elbow all day. It's a neutral tie up. So is a 50, 50 leg lock. So that's another misconception with catch wrestling people, you know, or maybe it's not a misconception, but maybe we're missing, we're missing a connection there. Gotcha. You know, that it's, yeah. and, and I'm not knocking any coaches that are doing it. And this maybe needs to be brought to attention that, Hey guys, I'm not telling you what to do, but if you really want the old catch way of doing it with the leg locks, hide your freaking feet. First of all, it shouldn't be, a, it's not a, it's not a talent contest. It's a quick draw show. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, who can yeah. break who's like first instead of, Hey, how about I don't put my feet out there in the stupid place first? You know? Yeah. I remember, you know, I would remember guys asking Billy Robinson questions at his camps and he would, they, he'd be like, well, how do I get out of this? And he would, it was kind of funny. I didn't know what he said meant at first when he said, he goes, you don't get there. Right. You, you, you already beat yourself. Just, and he would see, you know, he's very blunt, but I'm like, what he was saying is, okay, if, if the submission is in and it's truly in, that should be it. Otherwise, there would be no such thing as submissions. If you could get out of every submission, if there was an escape once they're locked, I'm talking about in, 100%. Yeah. If there was an escape to everything, then there would be no such thing as submissions. They wouldn't exist. It'd be complete nonsense. So it's a silly right. question, right? It's a silly question to say, how do I get out of it once it's in? But there's a transition point, right? And people are most vulnerable during their transitions. That's when you can get, you know, take advantage of that kind of stuff like that. So that's another catch wrestling thing there too. Transitions and positive control. Oh, there's a good one. Submission from any position. We've all heard that one, right? So in jiu-jitsu, we learned what when we started out? Position before submission. And in catch wrestling, when you start, you hear people say, well, how about submission from any position? Because that's just cool. It's crazy wild. Yeah. They're both stupid. Because, yeah. And I'll tell you why. Um, let's say if, if I'm not training my guys to be champions, I mean, am, am, am I training them to be, go after another white belt and just be the white belt? Or am I training them to be a world champion? I'm not, they're not going to get side control and just grab you know, top wrist locks or Americanas, whatever you want to call it all day. You have to get sit there and grab yeah. stuff and muscle it. Yeah. That, you, that that would be position before submission, right? It's just grabbing stuff and twisting. I, I believe in transition to submission. You have to transition through forcing reactions, forcing entanglements, memorizing the correct world champion reactions. Yeah. Because the body, you can only react so many possible ways. Then it goes back to a catch wrestling concept. So Billy would say, he would say you have three doors. Close two and leave one open. You know where they're going. And when they go through it, slam the door shut on them. Oh, nice. I love you that. You know, close the door on them. You know where they're going. Don't waste your time Don't wait, hoping for a mistake. These guys that are training 10 hours a day for ADCC are not going to make a mistake in a 10-minute match. No. Unless they just, you know, I mean, it's possible, but the likelihood is not high. So if you going, anybody going into a match hoping for a mistake is a piss-poor mentality. It's it's a loser mentality. You're setting yourself for failure instead of trying to force a reaction, force an entanglement, and wait for the right reaction. 
And when the right reaction happens, snack it. Just, just snap it. You know, take what you oh. can get and rip it. You know, we're not trying to, yeah, we shouldn't be reacting from somebody else. We want to make them react to us. That's a big catch wrestling thing. Yeah. Um, it, and so the whole, and I'm, and I'm, so I'm, so I'm bashing the catch wrestling mentality too. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> this whole submission from any position, what a load of crap. If I'm jumping all over the place on a 300 pounder, I'm going to be on my back real quick. Right. And, and yeah. then I got a dump truck parked on me and that's yeah. that. And I don't care how good you can shrimp or how good you can bridge. If you get the guy that really knows how to get a good, good, like maybe a halfway north, south, halfway side control, hooking your head and stays heavy with the legs back, you're in for a long ride. And maybe you get out if he starts moving because you want to try and get him moving a little, right? You're right. Uh, you know, create some movement, uh, you know, and, and use your opponent's movement to either sustain or improve your positioning at all times. The other thing, too, is, you know, outside, I guess, learning basics, but even on the basic level, what I never understood, not just catch jujitsu judo like all i'm just gonna talk styles of grappling here yeah all styles of grappling is okay if, if i'm in a bad position yeah i should know how to defend myself but if i defend myself into another position of you said you know we're talking position over submission and, and transition and stuff if i defend myself from one position and get into another defensive position and then get into another defensive position like i can't truly defend myself or win a match defending the whole damn way yep. you, you know like if you see someone tur- right you can go into a yep. like you see someone turtled up guys up in like top side turtle and you know reach for that not just a reversal reach for the kimura on it and uh yep. you kind of go into that concept of because this way you're truly if this is self-defense for example mm-hmm. like you should be dangerous everywhere absolutely 100 percent, 100 i couldn't agree more um when we that's what you know we talk about the priorities or you know, I talked to my students about priorities of the Snake PUSA curriculum, and I didn't invent them. Most of them come down from Billy. You know, um, that was the biggest, most important thing about being with Billy was the concepts. Because you, you, you know, I, I know you said has had seen it as a coach where you've taught a concept, and you some you guys are they're hitting a sweep or a submission that you may have never even really. They're maybe they're not doing it perfect. Yeah, yeah. But they're hitting it darn close because they understand a concept instead of just the technique. You know, and and I tell you guys all the time, time you know, like when you understand, and this is an old saying. We all, if you, it, all you old hats out there know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this. If you understand a concept, you understand a multitude of things. If you understand a, a technique, you understand a technique, and that's one thing. So it, it's always critical like that, right? What allows catch wrestling to be so effective in, as an offensive nature? Just, just, just talking not, not against anything else. Please understand that. Sure. Because that's what everybody always thinks. Everything, all catch wrestlers don't like me. I'm, first of all, I'm a, I'm a third degree under Higamichi. I love, I love jujitsu. Yeah. So, yeah. when the comment section, leave me alone with that crap. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love you guys. I love. Hey, I, I, I love Greco. I love judo. I love catch. I love Brazilian jujitsu, man. But it, it's, it's got to be real. Hey, to add to that, real quick. All the greatest ever, Hickson, Hulls, Gracie. We're talking jujitsu there, even. Uh, and then you go on the others end of the spectrum of different wrestlers, throughout and judo. They all cross train, and that's yeah. super important. Yeah, he, he, you know, you know, Master Higgins always talk about Hulls because he trained under Hulls Gracie first mm-hmm. before he went to Carlos Gracie Jr. And then he was Carlos Gracie Jr.'s first black belt. Um, he was under Hulls Gracie first, and a lot of people say Hulls was even better than Hickson. That's and, right. Yeah. But people don't remember remember that Hulls wrestled Greco in freestyle. Right. You know, and but he wasn't he wasn't pushed away for that at that time the same way that George Gracie was so many years before for doing catch wrestling. 
you know, he had gone and trained with Euclides, Tattoo, Hatem, and uh, Duda, and all those guys that had been doing that. And and, and he they kind of they kind of ousted him for that for a while. Wow. Because they're obviously building their brand. I, I, it is what it is. Right. You're trying to build your brand, and here's your brother trying to go do his own thing. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. I get it. I, I get it. it. You know, it's like imagine having it's like having a business partner. He's kind of going in a different direction. You're like, man, we're trying to do something, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I see the same thing in that. The thing about catch, we talk about, okay, people are like, oh, catch is rough. You know, it's offensive, offensive. And they're like, okay, well, the reason it's offensive is that the concepts of, of positive control and pressure. Positive control and pressure. But you can't have pressure without positive control. So I always tell my guys, first you have the two Ps, positive control and pressure. But it all starts with hand fighting. Hand fighting, hand fighting, hand fighting, which is really funny because before I started really going back to teaching jujitsu, people were throwing me into teaching a lot of nogi because of the catch that I had that you know, you can find a jiu-jitsu coach easy. It's hard to find somebody who has a good catch background that can actually yeah. teach at the same time, not only compete and go win for years, but actually teach the technique that they would, the same way it was taught. Positive control and pressure, and then the second, next thing will be protecting your neck at all times. Because we use, literally use our head like a battering ram. You know, you think about, like, I've never had to sit down with people and teach a half-guard pass once. I've never had to do it. Once I teach them how to push your head up under the neck and drive down into the shoulder and push their face away and crush them, things start opening up quick. And it's not because of just a low pain tolerance. It's where's their mind? You're taking their mind off of the of the, the area. And our kids at our, our academy here, you know, they're in the, they go, these youngsters, they go in these divisions where it's novice for the kids below nine. Well, let's say Naga, right? Naga is the big one, most common one that's respectable. Yeah. That that for it's it's basically the highest you're gonna go and still have a job. You know, yeah. Yeah, basically yeah. <laughs> in, in reality, I mean, if yeah. you're going to go into the IBJJF worlds or you're going to train for ADCC, uh, yeah, it's going to yeah. have to become your, it's, it's going to have to become your day job, you know, yeah. and, if, and if not, then you're just a fantastic athlete and God bless you. But for any blue collar person who really wants to get that hard and, and do it, you're going to have to make it your life all day, every day training four and five times a day. Right. So when we send our kids into Naga and they're nine years and below 50% of the time, the other kids are tapping out in the divisions against us. And they're not using, they can't use submissions. They're not doing submissions. They're putting so much pressure on these other kids. The kids start crying because they've never felt that pressure before. And wow. the referees at first are like, they don't know what to do because there's no submission. There's no submission. Even my, my son and daughter both won worlds in, in, in Naga last year in Gi and no Gi. You know, and they've been undefeated ever since pretty much. And they, they started what, like a year and a half ago, the 10 and 12. My daughter was a two-time state judo champion here in New Jersey. She's down in Florida now. She's 22. So it's always been in the family. But it's my other students too. They'll go out there and get side control. And I tell them, when you have side control on somebody, you're, you have, if you have two knees up, your top knee better be four to six inches past their head so your shoulder is crushing down their face and they're looking away. Nobody's allowed to look at you in side control. If they can look at you, they can shrimp. Right. If they can't right. look at you, they can't shrimp. They can't. If you're crushing the shoulders and crushing the face first, they can't shrimp. And what happens is they're not, they're not jamming their shoulders down. They're just shrugging their shoulders and making their opponent look away. You know, and yeah. then I'll teach them to kind of pull their hands up to their face a little bit. That's not a submission, but the kids, yeah. what they've never felt that pressure and they quit, they tap, they quit. And the referee's like, what's going on? <laughs> like, <Yeah. guys. laughs> it's just pressure. The kids know how to turn a position into a ride. It should, every position on top should be a ride where, you know, it gets very offensive with a positive control and pressure, pressure, pressure. Like you just said, which forces what defensive reactions. And like you said, also, if you're constantly on the defense, you're not in your, you're not in your game. You're no. never able, you're spinning your wheels, and that's really the probably the best thing that catch wrestling brings to mixed martial arts is the 
positive control and pressure that can take somebody out of their element. A million percent. Yeah, I love that mindset going into it as well. As we're kind of wrapping up, we didn't even get to, you know, it's only an hour. We didn't get to dive into the your crew and Mutai. I'd love to have you back on the show again. But yeah. as we're kind of wrapping up on the concepts of catch, man, that like you train with some of the greatest guys to train with, Eric Paulson, Billy Robinson, and so on and so forth. Who would you say is kind of like on your Mount Rushmore of catch wrestlers? Oh, geez. Well, I got to put Billy up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would put Billy, Ad Santel, uh, Tom Jenkins. That's tough, man, because we're talking That's about tough. what, like four, four people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because you don't want to say you don't want to ignore Farmer Burns and you don't want to ignore, you know, jeez, uh, there's so many legends. You got to say Ad Santel with what he did with going to Japan. You yeah. have to say Billy Robinson because Billy Robinson really did wonders, you know, and you got to give credit to the scientific wrestling crew for bringing Billy Robinson back for those years. Billy's got to be up there and Ad Santel have to be up there. That's a given. If you had to pick two more. Tom Jenkins has always been my old favorite pioneer guy because he was the first military combative instructor at you know at, at, ever. Teddy Roosevelt appointed one uh, oh, judoka right. uh, for the Navy, but the first one was at, at West Point, and that was Tom Jenkins. You know, oh wow, so he was there for thirty-seven years. It's pretty cool. They still have his picture up on the wall up there at the at the, at the college. <laughs> but um, historically speaking, I would go Ad Santel, Billy Robinson, Farmer Burns, and Frank Gotch. And there's just so many more. Part of that, too, is that, you know, people listening that may like, hey, this is awesome. I want to check out some more catch. I mean, these are some of the biggest. Are there maybe a couple other ones you want to throw that people guys oh should definitely check out? There's so many guys out there. Well, you know, we have. A, if you go to our main affiliation mm -hmm. website, we have about 50 legends on there. And there's so many more that we don't have on there. And you, you haven't have people that we overlook modern times, you know, like uh, obviously you have Josh Barnett and people like that. Oh, and Kazushi Sakuraba who would have a place up there as well, who really carried that banner and really spoke out and said, hey, we're doing catch wrestling. Even though a lot of the other guys were, they never really said it, you know, but you don't have to. Nobody runs up there and said, hey, I'm doing BJJ. No, yeah. I don't know why somebody has to say they're doing catch. There's so many names. You're going to have to look. So I'm, when I say Farmer Burns and Frank Gotts, I'm thinking from the American side. And then you bring in Billy and, you know, Ad Santel's American too. And you go Billy and you go Billy Riley, obviously, and Carl Gotch. Oh, yeah. You know, and and then you go back. Even Willie Sharnock, Pop Sharnock. Uh, I know that there was a rivalry, but also I believe he did coach Billy Riley for some time. Um, Carl Gotch did mention in in several interviews. I know that he actually had trained a little bit on the side with Pop Sharnock and really liked working with him. And he was an Irishman who'd come down to England who actually worked with the guys in, in Wigan. There's a lot of this out there, and you got a lot of people are doing it and not realizing they're doing it. Well, already doing like even in my later, you know, as I became like purple, right around purple ball, I was like, man, I'm missing my nogi stuff, and I'm missing and all those guys. I'm like, that's a single leg, that's a double leg, that's wrestling. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, you can't help it. There's no gi to grab, right? You know, it starts turning into that. And you're like, oh man, I'm just doing a bunch like folk style, Greco catch, like to a point we call it no gi. Uh, that's more, I guess, at this stage, a marketability point. Yeah, but it, it really, is. I, over the years, I was like, I just, I like to just call it submission wrestling. So that's essentially what it is. But for you, what's the future look like for you? What plans do you have? What can people look forward to? Well, uh, we're going to actually redo most of our DVD set completely all over again, revamp them, just update them, you know, bring mm -hmm. them up. Uh, you know, you're always trying to, I'm always a student first and trying to become a better coach for my students. Otherwise, I'm failing them. Um, obviously not just at our headquarters gym, but all of the schools, they need to get the best stuff. And if, if I'm able to simplify things or use better trigger words and, and the coaching I process see. and keep, you know, cutting the fat, making things more efficient. And if I can do that better, I want to be able to get that out to as many people as possible to help them. Uh, we do the USA catch wrestling camps 
four times a year and everybody's allowed to any any affiliation i don't care what background you come on out to south jersey train with us for two days you get accreditation for 11 hours every 40 hours you get a skill level for you know up to, it goes up to 10. so obviously it takes about you know you're looking at it, it, about nine eight, nine years of training that way as it as it should be at least yeah. nine years to get that little people want a shortcut to everything and you and i know it doesn't work like that i mean you started <laughs> roughly around the same time you know just a few years difference but it's we know it takes a long time to get somewhere in this to the point where you really should be coaching you know everybody anybody who starts thinking they want to coach from the beginning but you probably reset their mind and worry about being a student and then when you become a coach you got to do what reset and start being a student again too right to become a better coach to yeah. make sure you don't stop learning. I kind of stay away from those terms of guru, sifu, sensei, yeah. and all this stuff. I'm, I'm just a coach. You know, yeah. it's that simple. You keep it simple. And uh, so we got the USA catch camps going four times a year at the headquarters, you know, and that's, uh, you know, when you have a snake pit USA on Google, the MMA gym will come up in South Jersey. That's where I actually, you know, I live 30 minutes from there. That's where I teach all the time. That's our headquarters. Anyway, people are always welcome to stop by. We get visitors all the time that travel from other countries. They'll be in New York City. And they'll drive down and visit us. Um, oh, cool. Everybody's always welcome to come out and just check it out anytime they want. As far as tournaments, I don't really see us doing any tournaments except for the one in Australia right now. It's not on the grid. I want to keep pushing the affiliations and try to get as many qualified instructors out there that want to bring that affiliation into their school and to bring real catch wrestling into their no-gi program and uh, and help that grow because people want it. They really do. It's all over the place. And, I get, and people ask the question, well, why don't you open a school here? I don't open schools. I don't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Too many <laughs> gotta, places. Spin, eh? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I love, I love where their hearts are at. I love it. But if you want to go talk to your coach, ask him, about, Hey, yeah. would, is it possible? Maybe we're really interested in this. You know, we had, there's this snake PSA program, or maybe there's another one that you like. I don't know, but you gotta be happy where you're at. It doesn't have to be right. with me. You just gotta be happy where you're at. And if you're getting good catch, you're getting good catch. As long as if you're, if it, the results is what matters. And yeah. I mean, obviously our results can't be denied. And there's some other organizations that have done very well. I don't follow their stats specifically, but I have to track mine because I'm a dork like that. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I look at it from a coaching perspective where if we're not winning, I should be fired. If, yeah. if yeah. I'm a coach, if any sport in the world and I'm not winning, I should be fired yeah. by the general manager. You're the owner, yeah. right? So yeah. I it's take any other sport. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to get too far away from self-defense. And that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I want to keep it real as possible self-defense and then we cater to the rules of the tournament when we get close mm -hmm. but if we're not winning man i gotta go it's time it's time to exit stage left you know yeah. what i mean yeah. it's, i'm not able to keep up with it no more um but down the road i see a, you know one of my students my my top student over the years dale rossi you know he's he's won i don't know how many freaking naga belt collection stuff and he's won the catch wrestling world championships before um he's a he's a jiu-jitsu black belt under me and then under hegan you know judo brown belt fantastic guy he's been with me since he was a white belt and he's just been on the, he's probably been to 70% of our seminars. I've done, it's coming up close to 200 seminars now all over the place. And wow. I don't know how, Higgins, Higgins done like 700. So <laughs> two, two, if 200 sounds like a lot, think about these guys like Hegan that have been doing this twice as long as me. I'm over 25 years. He's been doing this since he was five or six and he's 56 now. So twice, it's crazy, right? That's the same. 50 yeah. years of BJJ, man. That's not, that's the knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I, I even with my different arts, I can't hold a candle to fifty years of knowledge. That's crazy. So there's, there's always somebody out there that you have to have as a coach, no matter where you're at. Um, so keeping that, I want to keep growing the program and keep learning myself and keep improving, and because nobody has it all figured out, nobody. Yeah. Um, so really, that's it. You know, one day I'm going to step down. I, I do know that. 
my body's pretty jacked up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Not, it, it takes a toll. Yeah, you know, when I combining, you know, 20 years of military, you know, four combat deployments, and, and and then since I was 12 years old, heavy weightlifting and strength training and doing powerlifting contests, and then 25 years of MMA and grappling, it's like the perfect recipe for ruining your body. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not sure you can really relate a little bit, but oh, yeah. at some yeah. point, I know that I'm going to step down, and I know the world headquarters is going to be passed on to, to, to Coach Dale, and the guys love oh, him. Cool. It's going to, and I'll still be around. You know, I'm not going to disappear from from everything completely. I'll still want to keep learning under he, you know, Master Hegan and stuff like that, and then just keep doing that on the side. But I'll always be there to help people with anything with catch wrestling or any grappling. But people usually come to me for catch, you know. Yeah. And, and that's okay. That's okay. I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. You know, everybody gets pigeonholed in some way or form, right? <laughs> um, but it is what it is. I don't mind if I can help somebody and see them get better at that, and they can really, you know see the beauty in it and i always say hey look what you're doing is cool but check this out you know <laughs> yeah well jujitsu is also so flooded with so many different uh you know instructors and athletes catch has been around forever but like it just feels it's just starting to finally get i mean the first time mm -hmm. i even heard catch as catch can uttered at all was kazushi sakuraba when he went True. out to the pride scene and the announcers are saying this is part of his training or whatnot. And then you just saw the effect of this. And that was the other thing, right? If, if you can create your own martial art. If you go out there and it's effective and you're just dismantling people. Look at Greg. That's what Greg Jackson did, right? His grappling style is that some type of jujitsu that he's basically put together. And part of it is if you go on his, his site, you know, I was, I was trying to tell people, Hey, stop looking for the athletes and look at the coaches that are training all these champions and look what they're teaching them. Mm -hmm. Look at their curriculum. Look at their website. Look at their style. If you look at Greg Jackson, how many UFC champions has he made? Oh man, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. If you look at his grappling style, he has about three different three different grappling arts. Obviously, BJJ is one of them, and and catch wrestling is one of them that makes up his jujitsu program. So all of his fighters that have come out of there have trained some a bit of catch wrestling, and but we don't we don't hear that term right. You have to go do the research, and people want some, it's. I'm a history dork. That's how I came across it. I got that VHS and I ran with it. You know, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to know more. I always believed you, you, you're not going to know where you're going if you didn't know where you came from. Where, 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 where did your passion come from? What, what's the history behind what you love? Um, and that's just grappling as a whole because it's always, it's, it eventually is just becoming one big thing, anyways. Really. It's it all is. amalgamation. Yeah. It is. It's really going to, that's the future for all grappling. It's going to become one big, not mess necessarily, but one big machine. And you're going to see more and more catch wrestling coming in. And hopefully it's going to get the credit that it gets and not being mislabeled, which it usually is just, and it's, yeah. it's not mis being mislabeled out of, um, you know, spite it's being mislabeled as just a lack of having the research, you know, taking time and looking the technique up and actually really, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> There's a yeah. black and white picture. This exact same move from you know, 1895. And if they were doing it, then guess what? They were doing it 400 years before that. And if they're doing it 400 years before that, they were doing a thousand years before that. And that's a quote yeah. from Billy. Billy Robinson said the same thing. You know, he had books that Billy Riley had down in his basement that were drawings that were 500 years old. Wow. You know, and Billy had come back from Turkey wrestling from, you know, the country Turkey and came back to England. He goes, his coach, they're doing this, this Turk, this leg ride, this, they're calling it a Turk, you know, in Turkey. And he goes, well, show me. And he shows him, you know, he goes, it's just, you know, it's just putting one hook in and then hooking the leg from a back, you know, a back control. And he, he goes in this basement, he pulls out an old book, and there's no words that nobody could read or write when it was it was drawings of the techniques. And it was all the book was falling apart. And Billy said it was a mess, but there's all these books and they were drawings. And he goes, Is that it? And he goes, Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he goes, It's a top variety, <laughs> dumbbell. 
<laughs> because we've been doing it for thousands of years. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing new. There's it's nothing just, new, man. So well, it's, and it's, it's also a rebranding point to some people. Like it was Eddie Bravo's Twister. Great name because it they're twisting. Yeah. But it's, yeah. You know, you see that in, guilty, right? Yeah, you see that in the like, ancient, you know, Greece sculptures yeah. of them doing the Twister, but yeah. Yeah, but it's the same. Even the lockdown is an old. Is a, you see an old judo half, judo books, you know. Yeah. They, they call it a, a controlled half guard. It, it, you know, whatever. It's it's. We see all the black and white videos of all this stuff. It's a lot of stuff. There's, there's nothing new under the sun. It gets rediscovered, or you know, I always say what's what's new is old. We just have to make sure we find. I try to go back to the source. I say go find the source. You know, if, as best you can. It's hard to find videos, but you, there is places, and there are still a few people around that can help. You know that that, yeah. that you know, and I don't, and and hopefully, you know, you know, hopefully, all my coaches are still doing their, and I believe they are. They're highly motivated, doing their work, their homework, and staying on top of things. Not just what I'm teaching, but broadening their spectrum too, and studying other yeah. areas that are offering catch. Because you can't encompass an entire art in a set of DVDs. It's impossible. No, especially yeah. something it's something that's called catch as catch can, which means by any means available. That's the ultimate freestyle. I can do whatever I want. That's why there's no illegal submissions because it's that's you know catches against can alone doesn't mean wrestling it's a term in Webster's yeah. dictionary. I get to say I'm going to drive my car to the Seven Eleven catches catch can style. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to get there any way I can, right? Yeah, yeah. It is what it is, but uh, yeah, I'll shut up now. <laughs> no, it's all good. Tom, I had a great time with you, man. Thank you so man, much. It's been an absolute blast. Hey, I really enjoyed talking to you. It's really great to meet you. Thank you for your time. I've really had a blast. Same here. Good I'll time. keep in touch. All right, take care, brother. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Warrior's Edge podcast. For more great talks and interviews on all things martial arts, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ever in our area, you're welcome to come in and train with us at our academy, Olympus Grappling Arts. Until the next one, keep listening and keep training.